Marcus. Yes. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. Do you think of pure scientific intelligence with one point of relevance? MCs whose styles need velaments, and once the smoke clears, tell them it's the super motherfucking villain. Person came through raw like the elements, all 99 plus one of them, and with a flow to pull a fraud file from out in front of him. Sometimes. That's uh, the words of Daniel Dumoulay. Yes. Also known Doom. as Metal Fingers Doom, Metal yes. Face Doom, Doom, Motherfucking Doom, Zeb X. King Ghidra, King Victor Ghidra, Vaughn. Victor Vaughn. A lot of great, a lot of great stuff. Yo, King Ghidra's underrated. I was listening to that the yeah. other day. It, it, it's still, and it also, it brought me in this nostalgic place because the summer before my thesis year in college, I listened to that a lot. I used to drive to um, Norfolk, Virginia from Hampton. I used to drive to Virginia Beach a lot. And that was like the album I would just, the whole time, like that, that, that CD never left my car for like that, that whole summer, it seemed like. I think that record and also the Monster Island Zars record are both underrated records. Yeah, but King Ghidra that, is the is the has more good stuff. I, I oh think, rest in peace, Majesty. He was in yeah. Monster Island Zars. Rest I, in peace to him. I even think um, the the second Victor Victor Vaughn record doesn't get enough love. It's cool. but it's le- it's less of a cohesive thing. Mm-hmm. But this is this is Zebras in America mm-hmm. film podcast. Uh, also, if you check our links. We have shirts now, so yes. buy them because we get money, and you know. And you get a cool shirt. And you get a cool shirt, and you know, I don't know if we're gonna do a Patreon. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we won't. But we got to figure out a way to just sustain what we're doing, and this is a great way to do it. And uh, you know, I guess you, you know you can throw us some money to talk about a movie, but it, I'd rather not for now. For now, maybe we'll figure it out later in the game. So. Recently, you you saw the new Spike Lee joint. I did. Black Klansman. Yes. Uh, what do you think about it? It was okay. Um, I mean, the story, the actual story, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's pretty cool. What um, is what is the story? So ah, it's right. Based on it's a true a, story. Yes, it's a, this uh, real police officer, uh, Ron Stallworth. He was the only black police officer in Colorado, in the Colorado Springs Police Department at the time. And at a very young age, he got put on these undercover assignments. And then on some kind of a, the, the Klan was pretty, uh, I don't know if popular is the term, but they were very prevalent in that town, city, whatever Colorado Springs is. So we got this idea to infiltrate the KKK by phone and send in a white undercover officer. Kylo um, Ren. Kylo Ren. Yes, Mr. Kylo Ren. And, um... Yeah, I just think one. I one. What are, I mean, what are some uh, positives? What are some negatives? Yeah. Give, some, me, give some, me a give me a play by play. I guess some positives are Topher Grace's performance as David Duke. I think that was maybe the highlight of the movie uh, for Interesting. me. Interesting. He's he's such. Well, it's Topher Grace, so you know he's good at being like a wormy little shit. Huh. Which is what David Duke. I would, that's putting it lightly, but he does a great. He puts his own twist on David Duke. Um, what else? I do, I guess I like the fact, whatever, not, he's not perfect in my book, but Spike Lee has kind of been on the, not, you know, on the low recently. He hasn't had like this, quote, huge hit. And now right. he's back on the cover of Time. He's this iconic, you know, Spike Lee, the glasses, the baseball hat, you know, 
you know, he's kind of, quote, back. And um, to interrupt, so, and Jordan Peele was involved in this production? He produced it. He produced yeah. it, so that yeah. he didn't write it? No. He just produced it? Correct. One, one, he's one of the producers. And do you, how much of his sort of, you know, being popular in the zeitgeist and doing the get out and stuff, how, how much influence do you think he had on this film? I think the influence was just kind of lending his name. I think right now anything heavily associated with Get Out, especially the writer and director of it, can kind of do no wrong. Because, I mean, it's a movie I love, but people love it even more than me. Um, and I think that's a big part of why. But, I mean, we all know that goes back to marketing, like from the makers of Get Out or from the stone when it's not as involved as you would think. But um, Jordan Peele, from his sketch comedy to his movies, he's very racially conscious, I'm sure. Right. He was involved in, you know, like uh, from from mo the, monitoring things, but from, from an artistic point, no, no, from no, no, the no. gaffer of Lava Girl versus Shark. Boy. No, seriously, seriously, I'm yeah. sure that actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what are some other positive things? Oh, Hal Hartley regular uh, Robert his his like Hal Hartley's Robert De Niro, uh, Robert John Burke uh, is in is in it. Um, um, and it's always a pleasure to see him in anything. He's a really good kind of underrated actor. Um, uh, negatives, or more so just criticisms, one, I think, to some degree, outside of the true story, I think the message in the movie isn't exactly for me because I get it, and right. I think it's super, super heavy-handed to the point where it's like, it's almost like when your parents tell you something, and you know even then they're just trying to help and it, and it means well, but the way they go about doing it, it's like, not, 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 um... And I think another huge issue I had with the movie was the tone and how it went back and forth from being a comedy to a serious racial drama comedy. And then to read interviews and Spike Lee saying, like, I never thought of this as a funny movie. But it's, like, literally funny, though. Like, there's parts of the movie that you're literally supposed quite a lot. It's supposed to laugh. But, it but it's also not a dark comedy. So it's hard to categorize. Right. So, like, one minute, literally one minute, you're like, ha, ha, ha. And the next minute, like, oh. It's a hate crime, or oh, there's a fire being, or someone's like, you know, shouting out all these racial terms, and it's just like, oh. I also think he really, similar to what he kind of tried to do on the low and Inside Man, he really overdid it here, where he was trying to like cater towards other, you know, like ethnic, racial, religious uh, minorities. So he's trying to show, and it's true, he's trying to show that like, yo, the Klan doesn't just like black people, doesn't just hate black people. They hate anything that isn't like Anglo-American, which is right. something that's a lot of times overlooked. Sure. But again, it was just so heavy-handed in the way he, he was even, doing it. Because even now, it's like, it's, as you record this, but this is coming out in a few weeks because of time traveling, mm -hmm. this, is, this is a year anniversary of Charlottesville. Yeah. So there's all different types of hate that's still going on yes. against different groups, different... Uh, different ethnicities. There's this war on immigration yeah. and war on 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 border border tactics. Yeah. Uh, Mexican people, people from South America, people from Arab countries. Yeah. So, and so this is this horror story from a few years ago. But for many people, there's still a horror story. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear sometimes when people talk about the good old days. And like for a lot of people, there haven't been yeah, too many yeah. good old days. Yeah. There have been, interestingly enough, some some good old days of. There have been interesting moments of cinema of different 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 um, representation groups, 
which is what what I'm hoping to get into a little bit today. Yeah. Um, because you talking about oh, is there more stuff you'd like to say about Black Klansman? It's Denzel, oh, just, Denzel Washington's son is in. Yeah, John David Washington. He's kind of doing a Denzel impression to some degree, but he, uh, well, that's the other thing you talk about. Like he so, says, he says white. Very strange. Yeah, he does. You um. So you brought up a point too. So like this movie takes place in 1978, 79, and yet Spike Lee still manages to like reference and fire shots at like Donald Trump and it's well, just like we get it but it's like come on like well, just, I mean, stay Donald, the, just stay in the Donald you know. Trump's father uh, Fred Fred Trump uh-huh. had been a slumlord and real estate I know person. but it has nothing to do with Colorado Springs right York, Prob- probably I mean and he's talking about Donald Trump not even his dad I mean that's weird that's yeah. weird I mean um, you know Arlo Guthrie Woody Guthrie, excuse me, mm-hmm. had songs about Donald Trump's dad, about this like terrible slumlord who was, who was doing predatory and sort of tricks to trick uh, white to incite white flight or trick these sort of things, and so yeah, that and his son played into it too. Like, I got yeah, to argue. I got to that my... that fam that family has been been playing off the backs of of poor people yeah. and disenfranchised populations for a long time yeah. it's funny you say that too I got into my first no sorry my second unfriending I got unfriended I, I don't care like Donald Trump argument on Facebook ever it turned into it got really ugly and someone a friend of my friend on Facebook like chimed in and started getting really like personal with me doesn't know me cause he was a pro Trump supporter but he was also he's very Afrocentric and he was saying how Donald Trump could be the like, could be the first pro black president ever. So I, I started off by a little comment. I was like, so pro black that him and his father made it wouldn't rent their properties to brown people, and then it just escalated to the point where he called me a house n word. Wow. So then I went to so before I just flamed him, I had to go to his page and I saw that he was like, kind of a frail sized light skinned black person. Where I'm a large, dark-skinned black person. So then it escalated more because I said, when you look at the two of us, I think you, the frail, light-skinned black person, would have been the house person. I'm the large, black, dark-skinned black guy. I'd have been in the field. So why don't you just relax all that? And then it just became into that stuff. It's hard to get into those ideas and stay calm, I'm sure. Yeah, especially when some... I, I get, I get, so one thing about me, if you don't know me... Or you're like a straight, and you get immediately personal and insulting. That it doesn't take much. But yeah, and it's it's so, um, so, so someone called you a house n word, and it turned yeah. into a bad thing. And it yes. just seems like, yeah. like I don't know. I don't want to. <sighs> Me neither. But 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 the point also, I, I I was able to like churn out a quick little review on my site. You should go ch- check it out after you read this. I read it. I think oh, I thank thought you. it was great. I think the. I do think all of the stuff we're talking about though does tie into the movie because this movie is very like. It's a very volatile movie. And like right. you said earlier, just a few minutes ago, these are kind of volatile times. So it all makes sense that this stuff would come up in a conversation about a movie like Black Klansman. So to bring up another positive thing about it, it is a relevant, timely movie. Although, unfortunately, similar to First Purge, a little too timely. I think some of the like black racial drama is turning into something you could market. And that's, right. kind of, and that's bothering me a little bit. So something I want to go into is... You know, there's the, the, people who decide to not do history create these own ideas in their head of what is and what isn't. 
like that this is the first time that a lot of black films have been made, right? Now, yes. if yeah. you, I don't, I, I, I'm of two minds about saying this because I don't want things to get taken down, but there's like a, there's like a nice surfite of early 90s black films on YouTube right now yeah. that are talking about uh, topical problems or topical issues mm -hmm. in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, some that I'm going to get into to get into where I want to go to after we yeah. talk about some of the stuff. But like right now, uh, Live in Large, which is a topical film now, yeah. you, can watch, you, you can watch on YouTube uh, Strapped summertime switch straight out of brooklyn um yeah. you can even menace to society uh south central these are all movies that you can sort of see for free on youtube for now that were yeah. what no i was just laughing yeah it's just true there's and, also and with first perch the first move to, uh doc documentary not let the fire burn that came out a few years ago there was like a made for tv move document i think it was from the late 80s or early 90s i think it was just called move right is on it's on YouTube like in six parts. Yes. So and, uh, so and you can find Let the Fire Burn, which is about which we talked about on the podcast before, mm -hmm. but it was about yeah. when when a when police just uh you know, dropped dropped a firebomb in a yeah. neighborhood in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. So black pain and the pain of the poor and the pain of, of people that have been subjugated in this country and faced oppression has been used as film fodder for for many reasons, right? Like mm -hmm. the dialectics of it is that they're they people want to make money, but right. al but also people want to take advantage, or also people want to get these stories across. Right. So so it's many things happening at the same time. How how you know Miramax funds all of Michael Moore's movies. Fox has has investment in Michael Moore movies, and all of those That's weird. Yeah. You know that. why? Because the movies make money. Yeah, sure. So they, they push forward this thing. And he has a new one coming out, I think Fahrenheit 11.9. Yeah. Which is, which I guess is, was that the day that Trump became president or something? I don't know. I, I was trying to That would be the 11.9, right? Because... Um, November 9th? Was it November 9th? I think so. Oh, okay. Um... I can I can do makes sense. I mean the timing it you know, makes sense. You know, it, it, it's also very that's that's clever. Yeah, I guess the thing going back and, and I, so, ha, I mean I have a lot of issues with my same more. Yeah, so. yeah. Um. So, but like to and, and what you're saying too that like all these movies from like the early '90s, right? They addressed issues that are still prevalent now. The difference is when they were when they were addressing certain issues. Yes, in those it, it, it's about Trump becoming president. Yeah. When they were addressing ish, racial, racist issues in these early 90s movies, it's because a lot of people didn't know or, like, the news outlets were ignoring them. Nowadays, with a movie like First Purge or even Black Klansman, it's like social media, the news, it's all a thing. So I think, like, making movies about it now, it's like an added, like, we, get, we know now, like, I guess, I don't know, I'm having a hard time putting it, in, putting it into words, but it's like... Um, I'm not going to say enough because it's like I like relevant movies, but I just keep going back to the spoon-fed heavy-handedness of Black Klansmen and how it was just kind of like, maybe I just have to take a step back and go, this isn't for me because I get it. Not, not to sound arrogant or anything, but like, I get it. Yeah, it's also just like, 
I think it's important because I think maybe people need to see these movies and be like, oh, this sort of thing is not a new thing, and yeah, and right. it can it can instill some sort of compassion or empathy, or it might just be an, a lot of people being like, I'm tired of this. This is just one side of the story. I want to hear the you know there's there good people on both sides. Exactly. You know? um, Emphasis on both sides. He said both, both, both sides. Both sides. Yeah. And it's just it's just bullshit. And also like we're not an overly political podcast, but. You guys really liked our episode about offense, so I can say yeah. I'm going to talk about stuff that I want to talk about, amongst other things. And before we m- before we pivot, because I actually want to talk about a different Spike Lee movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like uh, Amarosa apparently has a bunch of tapes about Donald Trump right now and all this. And stuff. but the and biggest joke about that is like you were riding with him for like almost a decade, and now you're not associated with him, so you want to blow up his spot. It's like fuck off. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to hear about that. You had no problem with him until now. You were aware of all these things, but now it's a problem. Fuck off. Seriously. Okay. And you said Boots Riley wrote something about Black Klansmen? Yeah, I, I, he, he since deleted the tweet because he was getting a lot of ne- negative feedback. Some people were rational. I like to think my response was rational. I saw him replying to just about everyone, and I thought he was gonna, I thought we were going to engage in, 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 into some discourse. But he basically said that it was like he, only, he had an issue with the movie because he didn't like seeing cops be heroes. Uh, and also, I gotta say, the very... Well, there's kind of two endings to um, to uh, Black Klansmen. Do you think he liked The Glass Shield? And uh, Possibly. That's another 90s movie. Mid-90s movie. That, yeah. that definitely, um, that Black Klansman... I mean, the story is a true story, but I think as far as tone, um, just the whole idea of like being the first, because that's because Glass Shield, fictitious story, but it's also about the first black, first cop, black cop to in enter LA. This, yeah. into this department. That's, yeah. why we, that's why we have yeah. this uh, podcast. We, we work off of each other. Remember when we walked past one of the co-stars of the Glass Shield at uh, the Chiller Convention? Yes. I forgot that actor's name, but for those listening, the actor from the first story in... Huh? We, we've told the story. Anyway, um, it was, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, Glass Shield, there's, there's, you, you, you can easily assess that. You, you can access that. You can get it off of uh, Amazon. Yeah, um, for like two, two, three bucks. That's what uh, I think. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a really good movie. And I love the fact that, like, Lori Petty started following me on Twitter years ago because I would tweet about Charles Burnett and the Glass Shield. And she's like, oh, hey, I was in that movie. And, like, she's still proud of it and stuff. And his TV movies are still. I don't want. I actually. I'm, I feel bad saying it because those movies are on YouTube now as well. Mm-hmm. And they took down US Go Home from YouTube since we talked about it. Whoops. Which is sad. Yeah. Because that's that's like yeah, that, uploaded. That's a top clarity movie for me, man. I just yes. I love the magic of it. I so, love the mystique of it too now because it's like just from music rights. It'll probably never come out. So it's that kind of one of the few like underground movies left. So. Yeah. Oh. And Saskia, do you have something to say? Oh, hello. Hello. Oh, whoa. I'm not following. Third, third zebra, often collaborator, Saskia Khan is, What's up? has walked around the house. I know. I'm back. I watched a lot of experimental movies this summer. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um... What sound does a zebra make? Okay, cool. 
get your money and laugh on you. How is uh, <laughs> your uh, movie talking going? Well, so we just talked about the new Spike Lee movie, and we're about to pivot to the last Spike Lee movie that we both loved, which was The yeah. Sweet Blood of Jesus. Loose remake of Gungeon and Hest. Not loose at all. I I only say that... I yeah, watched, yeah, I watched yeah, both yeah, of those yeah, this yeah, morning to, yeah. to get back in. I'm falling into the, like, the hyper... Like, I think, because it was marketed as that... And they were trying to like, I because no, they, have, they, has, they have the same names, the same yeah, story arcs. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. but True. I have I, I have notes. True. Yeah, I just when it came out, they were just a loose. I think people do that just so like I think Spike was doing that in case the movie wasn't good. He could be like, hey, I always said it was a loose remake, so he doesn't get held to the stamp. Yeah, I mean, so, so like like Ganja and Hess's nineteen seventy three film, um, Bill Gunn, James Gunn. No, Bill Gunn. Bill Gunn. Yeah. Not James Gunn. Definitely not James Def- Gunn. Definitely not. Um, and that that movie just, like, really killed me. It's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Personal Problems is, is still deciding whether that's a film that came out in 2018 because I liked it so much. I think I might give it its own category when I do my end of the year thing. Yeah, I think... Like, I best think, old new movie. I think we might have best to... Best new old movie. Because also, I was, just, I was looking, like, at this small but awesome genre of, like... Black vampire films, so you have like Blade, Gungeon Has, Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, Blackula, mm-hmm. this, uh, Death by Temptation, which yeah. I want to talk about, yeah. which has like Kadeem Harrison, James Bond 3, Radio Raheem, Sam Jackson, yeah. Trauma Vampire movie about Preacher coming to the city to stay with his fly friend. It's like a reverse Fresh Prince horror vibe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's pretty awesome. Um, Queen of the Damned. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of black vampire films, and there's also like vampire films that are not vampire films. To like, and how also I realize how like vampire films often take on really different sort of socio political things. Mm-hmm. So like, um, Ganja and Hess, you know, is about this guy who who gets this disease, which is pretty similar similar to vampirism, and his friend his his colleague passes away and the the widow of that colleague comes to live with them and they start sort of feeding on people and there's this spiritual awakening and in Ganjin Hess it's about I feel like there's also this sort of social thing about like the black church and spirituality and connection between America and Africa mm-hmm. and all of those things are also in Sweet Blood of Jesus, which is the same story with a couple different things, but I thought, like, the focus was more on class mm-hmm. and, yeah. and like, this sort of, like, Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard sort of lifestyle. Which is a world he's a part which of. Is, which is a world Spike, Spike Lee's part of. Yeah. And also, interestingly, I just thought, so, Ganjin has this very loose and um, experimental, and as, I think... Uh, Ishmael Reed said, as as Mtumi told me that, yeah, in, in a different world, uh, Bill Gunn would have been Cassavetes. Because mm-hmm. the movies they did make were just, like, very interesting and, and powerful. And so Spike Lee's version is more literal and more linear, mm-hmm. but still excellent. Yeah. I like to think, too, I was... 
And Again, going back to and the music's fantastic. Yes, it is. Yeah. I like to think, too, I was one of the first defenders of that movie because I got to see The Sweet Blood of Jesus a little bit before it was officially released. Again, going back to the this one site I used to write for, I wrote a nice... One of the things I'm most proud of, one of the most non-Pinland Empire things I'm proud of where I wrote about... Because like, basically what happened with The Sweet Blood of Jesus, a couple of critics saw it and they just trashed it. And then it just gained this reputation before it even came out. And then I got to see it and I was like, you know what? I was a little tame. I was like, you know, it is really not that bad. It's actually pretty good. But then this was like, wow, almost four years ago when I wrote this. Now it's like, no, this is like really good. It's a really good movie. Um, I think it's his best movie since Inside Man, and it might be better than Inside Man. It's a yeah, really, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think so. It's a really I, I, good I movie, and I rewatched it this morning. I watched that, and I rewatched Ganjin Hess, mm-hmm. and I also uh, <laughs> rewatched, um, which I thought was, which I just talked about. Um, Death by Temptation. Yeah, talk about taking it <clears throat> back, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because you know how him with like Fresh Jordans and like uh, Radio Rahim is like the, the, the cop who's like, there's this person who we can't figure out and I think there's something supernatural going on mm-hmm. and like, and another stuff about like the black church and, yeah. but I've also just realized in looking at like a cursory look at vampire movies I like that Really, it's just using the trope to tell a different story. Yeah. How, like, Only Lovers Left Alive is really a story about boredom. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. Elitism and, yeah. and um, privilege. Yeah, and the downside of just, like, living forever is just, like, shit. It's boring, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are we going to do today? Yeah. And, like, Trouble Every Day, which is a lovely movie by Claire Denis. And also, and it's funny, because the brute, the, that, that story... The, the, the plot, I mean, has roots in Africa because apparently it's this similar, similar, very similar to Ganja and Hess where it's like trouble this disease. Day. Yeah, trouble yeah. every day. There's this disease that people catch and you have vampire-like qualities, but it, it's it's this disease that started in Africa. And you can also go left field and be like, oh, is this about like HIV and AIDS? Because again, a sexually... Well, in Sweet Blood of Jesus, they, they talk about AIDS. There is like a weird like... H- there He does get tested for AIDS when he... When he feeds on a right. a sex worker who yeah. was yeah. who was HIV positive, yeah. So that th- that does go in there, yeah. And yeah, I thought yeah, that one with Vincent Gallo and Descartes is in Trouble Every Day, yeah. And that's like about addiction and my I, you know, or like girl walks alone at night is like mm-hmm. about sexism and uh, I, I you could say some of the restrictive laws of the Shah. In, yeah. in in Iran, Iran. Yeah. I, I really do think too, um you never know, but I Did you, you like know, that movie? Eh, it was okay. I, well that's what I'm about to get into. I, I think that movie there's a movie that no one has ever seen. Uh right, that director's second movie? Oh, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about okay. Abel Ferrara's The Addiction. Oh yeah. It's literally a girl walks home like it, it's like from black and white to it's it's the same it's damn near the same movie. Um People hated yeah. the director of Girl Walks Alone Night's second movie with Jason Momoa. Yes, I think a lot of it too tied into. Well, it's just not that great of a movie. I also think it tied into. She was another one. It got swept on, on, on under the rug for reasons I don't want to get into. But like, turns out, she said some kind of like, vice like racist things in the past, which Vice puts out in movies. And I think all that coincided. But yeah, that movie definitely came and went. I saw the last forty minutes of it in Toronto. And then over a year later, finally got released. I watched it again. I didn't want to 
cast too much of a judgment with, obviously without seeing the whole movie and I saw it and it was still kind of like eh I don't know yeah and then you have like let the right one in and let me in which are like really about like child abuse and yeah. and codependency and understanding another remake that I like more than the original yo say. this is why we're friends because yeah. I, I actually because because the little things we talked about this on the yeah, show before yeah. but like the little things that they brought up in the second version that made it more sinister and like yeah. it was really dope and also like like or like Twilight is also about child abuse but almost like pro child abuse not like for a good reason mm. like like very much anti reproductive rights and says weird things about men women relationships like do you ever try to see those movies I've seen like a couple I've seen a few of them yeah they're 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 uh, I don't know I don't even pay attention that much to even get that deep into it, so it's interesting yo like I'm I'm broken I can't pay attention when it comes to that sort of shit you know what I'm saying dog that's a little bit of a joke <laughs> okay. uh, like Kirsten Stewart she has to become a vampire so her vampire baby won't kill her because she's been she's like 17 and she's been dating a hundred year old yeah and and they're like instead of you know letting the baby maybe not be born you have to become a vampire which is weird and then like her man who the vampire dude yeah. her vampire friend dude mm -hmm. is like who's been friend zoned and kind of mad about it mm -hmm. he then like falls in love with the weird vampire baby that they have and like imprints. Oh, you mean the wolf? Yeah, the wolf dude. Oh, oh yeah. It's like yeah. I'm gonna marry your your vampire daughter. That happened. Yeah, that's that. I'm not making all this shit up. Cause I saw the one in the that's theater like where she gives birth, where they have the big battle. Yeah. Huh? I don't remember dude, that. I dude, dude, totally I'm remember. telling you, it's like weird shit, and then you're like, what the fuck? That is weird. Like like Harriet Tubman like helping Optimus Prime. And you told me about that. Yeah, yeah it's I, just I, like yeah. you gotta be again going back to just like hey, we'll market black plight and black suffering slavery we help the transformers isn't that cool we're trying to like you know meld worlds together and, and, and work together um yeah it's like near dark once bitten near dark is so good goddamn i miss that captain bigelow yeah because after detroit she needs to just relax for a little bit and rethink some stuff um, yeah, near dark, yeah. near dark, dude. Or even like the original Buffy interview with the vampire mm. is fun for what it is. Mm -hmm. Old school Nosferatu, Lost Boys, you know. Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Vampire in Brooklyn is kind of fun. I guess. I don't really like that movie. I just said it's kind of fun. I know fun, I could deem Hardison vampire movie. Right. Hardison's in that movie too. And like the last movie I saw Kadeem Hardison in, like he played like an angel or something. It was weird, dude. Oh, what? The Sixth Man? No. Oh, because he is an angel in that movie. I thought you were talking about that movie. Him and Marlon Wayans were on the no. basketball team. No, but that movie's that movie is you, you're I throwing it back. That's what, I thought that's what you're talking about. Also, like, yo, not to get all topical, but that dude from the Mighty Ducks not looking good. Yo, man, that made me sad for a few minutes. Yeah. Or like the movie Once Bitten. I'm trying. Once Bitten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or also like how Blade is sort of about just like you know raves and stuff. Sure. Why don't you go on a little about vampires? So I'm looking up. I'm looking up something. Go on about vampires. Like what yeah. Do you mean? Talk about no. vampire movies or stuff. No, actually, no. Let's talk about Death by Tempt. I'll talk about. It. You can jump Death, in. Death when, by when Temptation is um, a vampire movie, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Um, so that's a movie that I don't remember renting. It must have just been on cable. There was a period where, in my household, we we had like all the movie channels. It was some like crazy deal. So they used to show that movie a lot. 
And I remember being t- like, it only came on late at night. But it also ties into the fact, too, that like, you know, in the early 90s, just like now, there's always something going on. There's also some kind of struggle, unfortunately, that black people are faced with. So even a lot of like genre movies that should be fun and light when it's for a black audience or by black filmmakers, there's always this added social kind of commentary because it's so prevalent amongst us that we can't just, you know, ignore it. And I think there's something cool about that to kind of mask social issues concerning specifically black Americans in, 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 in a, in a genre film, like a vampire movie. Um, yeah, I, this morning you hit me with like, yeah, I watched death by temptation. I was like, why does that sound from And I was like, wait, is Kadeem Hart, is Samuel Jack? Oh yeah. That movie. I may watch that movie. I don't know about tonight, but at some point this week I may go back and watch it. Cause it's, um, it's pretty good. It even looks cool. It's shot. Well, it has this like noir vibe. It has these like dark, yet clear, uh, this dark, yet clear, like, color palette to it. Um, again, if you're listening to this episode, that's another movie that you could see easily online if you wanted to. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, what else, though? Also, what, what? Yeah, Kadeem Hardison, he was in White Man Can't Jump, wasn't he? Of course he was. Yeah, it's a great movie. He's a good sidekick. I mean that, you know, because he's all, damn. Yeah, he's a sidekick in, um... Speaking of, oh yeah, I um, our friend John Cross has this movie night at a Crystal Lake uh, bar in Brooklyn. Sometimes really? the days change. Yeah, I've I've been going to a couple of them, but one of the movies he just showed, uh, I guess it would have been two weeks ago now at this point, was um the movie that Kadeem Hardison did with um, Mark DeCascos from you know. Um, Pananawe, Pananawe. Also the Crow television show and also the... the Yo! Okay, so John Cross's fiance, uh, Kim, brought up the the TV show. And yeah, and I was like, wait, there was a Crow... Because she was trying to like... Didn't he play the Crow? And I was like, I don't think so. I think it was, you know, Brandon Lee, Eric Mabius, I got for the second one. And she was like, oh no, the TV show. And I was like, wait, there was a Crow TV show? I had no idea. Yeah. What, What station was it on? Probably well, like WB, the CW. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, was that soon? It wasn't WB. Maybe. UPN. UPN. Yeah. Yeah, I genuinely don't remember. That's crazy. That's so now in one week. That's the second time someone brought up the Crow TV show. And yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Also, like, Dust Till Dawn, the sequels, I kind of like better I than kinda, the, yeah. I like the second one. The second one was nice. Yeah, yeah, the second one was cool. Second one's with uh, T1000 Jason Patrick, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, so I like the second one. Yes. Yeah, so basically, uh, Black Klansman is is a weird movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Sweet Blood of Jesus is a great movie that people should watch. Ganja and Hess is worthy of watching. Um, That's an understatement. Ganja and Hess is great. Yeah. What other, like, you know, black horror, black uh, supernatural films do you think are... Uh, I mean, yo, to me, it's a little on the heavy-handed side, especially the last story, but I still enjoy Tales from the Hood, which, and they made a sequel that uh, Keith David uh, stars in that yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm curious to see, but Tales from the Hood is a really good, um, super, you know, socially conscious... Um, right. Oh, which is the... There's and a, not uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. No, fuck that. What was, uh, I think it was either Phantasm 3 or Phantasm 4 were like the main character. Oh, wait, forget that. Night of the Living Dead. 
Right. And which, it's which, which <laughs> the, the star of Night of the Living Dead is in Ganjin Hess. Yes, yes. Only oh, starring Shit. Role. God damn. So, what always... I, you know, I'm still bugged about the fact that George Romero tried to deny any like anything racial or socially conscious, but it's like, in the 1960s, to cast a black guy as your lead amongst and all these white people, you know that the... Like, the social climate in, you know, in the world at that time was impossible. You just can't ignore it. Until the day that George Romero died, rest in peace, he always tried to say that the casting of the lead and not the living dead was just, it was, you know, coincidental. Um, but I, I just refuse to believe that. Especially the end. I mean, the very, very end of that movie looks like a post-lynching. When yeah. he's the last guy to live and the cops see him and they shoot him. There's so many ways, you know, that you can go with that. Speaking, of, oh, and I just got my memory jog. So they remade Night of the Living Dead with, uh, I think, what is his name? Tony Todd, Terry Todd, Candyman, which is yeah. another one of the best black uh, Candyman horror is the black Candyman. It's kind of like quite essential, you know. Yeah. And yeah, that that director's that director you you Bernard me Rose. Up. Yeah, those yeah. Bernard Rose put me on. I like his movies, dude. And it's a shame because I think forever. He's always going to be associated with Candyman when it's like he's remade Anna Karenina. He's made Ivan's like Ecstasy True Story. Ivan's is a Ecstasy. really good fucking it's movie. It's a great movie. I like Crucial Sonata better, but they're all part of the same I trilogy. You lent it to me, but yeah. it's it's not. It's like it's the wrong path. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Because that's a Crucial Sonata is a. It's a great movie that just that that deals with jealousy among men, and it's directed by men. And Danny Houston is great. He'll always kind of be this like underrated. Guy, in my opinion, did, but I'm a big Danny Houston fan. Which also reminds us, we we're going to have him to make Anton soon to talk about in the company of men. We're also oh going to have yeah. a couple people on to talk about the Mission Possible series. Yes, we're just trying to do different things. Let us know what works. Let us know what doesn't work. Uh, buy our T-shirts. Yeah, so, and let us, you know, hit up our uh, like others have did in the past, like our listeners, Cribs and of the Pink Smoke and Jacob Rivera. If there's movies that you want us to watch and review, you can, you know, shoot us a donation. We'll dedicate, you know, an episode to that. We have fun doing that. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I like doing that. So it allows me to go back and revisit movies that I've either never seen or kind of forgot about. Yeah. And while I want to find a more sustainable method to do that sort of patronage sort of thing, our offer still stands for now. Yeah. All right. Have a good one.